You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? Hey, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. Feel it, you feel it? It's a faint vibration. It's a lie. Earth Station Who? A fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. Who are you? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that again. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Now, please, get off this planet. Well, you still have a choice. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Earth Station Who, and we are up to episode seven of the new season of Doctor Who already, and we are going to be Can You Hear Me? A newest episode, and it was written by someone new to Doctor Who, actually. Um, Charlene James and Chris Chibnall had a little bit of you know, finger massaging things he did. I think his his idea was the fingers, I think. It had to be. But it was it was an interesting episode. We're gonna have a lot to talk about tonight and we got a great crew to do it. But before we introduce them, we want to definitely tell you you could definitely get in touch with us and we would love to hear from you guys. So please write us at earthstationwho at esonetwork.com. With that being said, let's introduce our folks for tonight. Sitting in with us for the first time in a long time, let's welcome back to the show, Nicole Maza. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Welcome back. God, it's been quite some time. Yeah, I was like, oh, God, I was just there like a few months ago. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, that was last season. And that was in like 2018. (laughs) So you completely snubbed us in 2019. Got it. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Witchfinders was the last time I was on. So. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. So it's awesome to have you back. How you been? I've been pretty good. Busy, busy, but good. Good, and you do a wonderful podcast here on the ESO Network. You oh, want to tell everyone you. about it real quick? Sure. Um, I uh, I have another Doctor Who podcast, uh, much like this one, and um, I do reviews about uh, the series, like older episodes newer episodes i'm still getting my one for this season out because oh technical issues but anyway (laughs) um yeah so it uh it's it's just a different voice talking about doctor who um you know i seem to have people that like me so (laughs) i don't really know what to say about it they like you they really really like you like me me. (laughs) it's always hard to advertise yourself but um yeah just um someone who's like really geeky about doctor who classic series new series you know whatever come and check me out excellent how can people find you oh um i am at either uh terminus.lipson.com or you can find me on the eso network perfect Yes, yes, yes. And Nicole's been with us for quite a few years now, and she's been a wonderful member of ESO, and it's always great to talk to you. Oh, yay. And of course, we have our regulars with us. Of course, Mr. Mike Gordon is here. Howdy. How are you, sir? Peachy keen. Ready for a little finger love? Finger love. I'm (laughs) ready to give you the finger. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, okay. That tells you what you think about this episode already. <laughs> and of course, Miss Mary Ogle. Hi, everybody. It is great to be here. It's actually going to be fun to talk about this one. It's it's interesting. Now I have it in my mind. Every time I watch new Doctor Who, oh, my God, I hope Mike Gordon's liking this one. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not, that's, not, that's not what you should be asking. No, no, no pressure or anything. I know, right? Exactly. Like, wow, I've turned into that guy. <laughs> Bah, get off my lawn, kids. <laughs> and you, Chris Jim, don't get off my show. Exactly. Oh, there's people out there who are like that. So Yeah. I'm not I'm not quite that bad. No, I know you're not. At least I don't mean to be. <laughs> well, it does happen. So it's awesome that we're gonna be talking about this one and we might as well jump in with both feet. Um this one was a little different than what I was expecting. I'm going to come out and say it. I enjoyed it. I liked the concept of it about, you know, the Eternals. And it touches a lot on Doctor Who lore. We'll get into that in a little bit. And it was, once again, I thought Jody knocked it out of the ballpark with this one. And, you know, it plays on your deepest fears, your dreams, you know, your nightmares, whatever, you know, is coming out. And I think especially in this one, I think this one set up maybe how that some how some of the companions might be leaving at the end of the season. Yeah, certainly it was implied that Ryan might be leaving. Because, sure. Yeah. But I, I kind of find found this one an exercise in frustration because <laughs> there were I mean I liked parts of it. It's not like I hated it or anything, but I I feel like there was a lot of good here, but it just, it really needed some editing. It really needed to tighten up the script. Because that I agree there, with, yes. Yeah, I mean, there was just some some choices I felt. There was a lot of telling and not showing, which has happened a lot in this series. And, and I'm just finding it increasingly frustrating to see that because it doesn't have to be that way. There doesn't need to be that much exposition. Show us what's going on. <laughs> Do you think that's Chibnall's fault or do you think it is whoever's directing it? I think part of it is, is writers with less experience and, and yes, part of it's Chibnall because it kind of is the showrunner's job to, at least if, or at least the script editor's job, you know, to catch that. And I, I don't think it's happening and I wish it would be because I hate, I hate to see a good idea or not be as good as it could be. Okay. I could definitely see that. I I agree with that. There was some of it was a little frustrating, but I I left this one feeling satisfied at the end. And I'm not being, you know, you know, beer goggles or, you know, glassy chibnall glasses or whatever. But, you know, I I'm just I'm enjoying what I'm seeing right now compared yeah, to last. I think I kind of definitely went in with uh, uh, well, uh, admittedly a bit of low expectations because I haven't been super keen on this season. But um, it actually surprised me. I actually it worked for me. I can see issues with it, but overall, much like Mike, I was just like, "Hey, I really enjoyed that one. Hey, that's cool." So, yeah. Hmm. Exactly. Oh, I go into every episode. Oh, God, please don't have another vacation. 
Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I feel like when I go into these, I'm feeling like I'm Eeyore. Oh, great. Here we go again. You know, but then afterwards I'm Tigger. So it's awesome. I mean, it was still, it was reams above the episode that will not be named. <laughs> I oh mean, God! It, yes, it was way above that. Oh, even <laughs> though we saw those creatures again in Ryan's dream, they came back just for you, Mary. Oh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's her worst nightmare. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I, I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, I wasn't expecting a lot. Um, I don't know that it gave me a lot. So um, about sort of equal um, in terms of uh, we reached an equilibrium there. Um, once again, I thought the companions were used, uh, decently, um, uh, and, and certainly towards the end, I mean, we got more like, uh, content regarding them than we've had, like for a season and a half. Um, uh, you know, I, and I, I, you know, I don't think, even though it's corresponding with it, I don't think I'm not liking this season because there's not enough Grant. Um, uh, That's it. Certainly there hasn't been as much, but I will say that uh, uh, slowly but surely, like Yaz is really growing on me. Um, I thought the scenes with her in this at the end, and they just seemed like they were tacked on. Um, I'm like, man, where was this stuff earlier um, with her? the actual plot regarding the Eternals, I will admit I didn't get the connection to classic who at all. So that meant nothing to me. So they just seemed like they were just your average, you know, eternal beings that were, uh, that needed to be, you know, enlightened. Um, and Jody's great. Can I just say too, and I don't know if I've ever said this publicly, so I'm going to throw this out there. I think Jody Whitaker's doctor has the best hair of any, other really i just like her her i just like her hair like her hair always looks great it is pretty much never messy i mean even like tenant he had coiffed hair but his would get messy sometimes you know (laughs) yeah hers is always like hers is always on point like it just i mean every once in a while sure you know it's not like she never has the hair out of place but uh um it just yeah it just i just look and every once in a while i look at him like nice hair doc Mm mm-hmm well, it's interesting that you brought up the stuff about old who, because I know you weren't a big watcher of the Peter Davison era. Yeah, I wasn't a big watcher of any era. Yeah, except for except for you know Tom. So right. So basically, Eternals um, were figured very prominent in the episode Enlightenment. And I don't know, Mary, did you oh, see that I, one? I love that's one of my favorites. So I was very excited about the Eternals yeah. and Guardians and the Toy Maker being mentioned. But yeah, I love Enlightenment. I would actually go as yeah. far to say that's probably my favorite Fifth Doctor story. It's a great, great story. And we'll probably, since we'll have time after the season's over, I'm sure we'll probably hit that <laughs> one because we haven't done a ton of Fifth Doctor stories. And, you know, I think that would would be a really good one to watch because it touches on the Eternals, which are like the higher, higher beings. And then below them were the Guardians of Time, which is the White Guardian and the Black Guardian. And so, you know, from the the Key of Time era. Yeah, and, that that I got. But I didn't there was no like I didn't see any connection between that and this at all. 
Well, like well, other than just, they, they were just like sort of mention it offhand. Yeah, it's just yeah, mentioned yeah. offhand. But they and, also, but to be honest, I don't know what it was. I don't know whether the accent or what. But well, yeah, maybe sometimes the audio goes. But I don't know. Like I noticed afterwards that they mentioned the toy maker. Now, even though I don't think I've seen that one, I would get it because that's a that's a very like Doctor Who like title. Like that's that's out there as like being you know a big deal in Doctor Who is the Celestial Toy Maker. So. Um, I would have, if I'd heard Toymaker, I, I probably, my ears would have been like, whoa, I get that. But, you know, just naming like Guardians or Internals, look, I've seen a lot of like immortal beings throughout a ton of science fiction be referred to as the Guardians and the Eternals. I can't keep them all straight. Like, no, uh, you know, the, which whether it's totally Star Trek or, you know, Marvel or whatever, you know? Right. And they threw out the toy, the Toymaker in this. They blatantly said it. And, you know, they had wondered, you know, the, when they introduced the the toy maker, the celestial toy maker, it was rumored that he was a member of possibly the doctor's race or something even higher than what the doctor is. And they were supposed to actually have the toy maker come back, but um, the whole in Colin Baker's era, but that um, whole storyline got scrapped when the six doctors uh, series was put on hold and then they came back then with trial of a time lord and they i was just hoping for stories. like a bird on somebody's head uh, but you know we had the enough birds last week so <laughs> no birds on people's heads this time <laughs> one left over put it on they his head and be like look um, i'm a exactly. guardian the uh and and my understanding is after reading a couple things on this episode uh this is the first time they've been tied together is that right yes so and it's it's just like a slight you know it's just a off comment so i don't even know how much you can put into that but certainly we're all doctor who fans so we're all going to you know uh, geek out over it so yeah. <laughs> um and and yeah <laughs> it must be canon now um so uh and that's cool i i appreciate that but i while watching it it meant nothing to me well so. the eternals and the guardians yes have been tied together especially in enlightenment because they both take it they both deal with it in that because because of turlo being a spy for the doctor and other things too so what yeah, well, I feel like you'll have the, to watch um, it to find out. The was like <laughs> retroactively thrown in with them too. I, I can't remember where, but I feel like it was like either a big finish story or something that they sort of lumped him in with at least the Eternals. But I don't remember the exact details of it because he is kind of similar. I mean, the thing I read said something about like the books yeah. like did that, but it wasn't, you know, until it's on TV, it's not canon. Yeah, so. well, there's been a lot of speculation about that. Sure. I mean, about what what the toy maker really was. Well, the great thing about it is also that the toy maker was Alfred from the Batman movies. (laughs) So, but it's kind of cool. But back to this. These are the stories. We're talking about the flying fingers. And, you know, I thought, you know, that was just disgusting. That was really (laughs) creepy. It was creepy, but I was also like, I also just busted and laughed because I thought, because it just seems so like a digital effect, and I couldn't help but think if this was done during like the the eighties uh, during the the little the, strings on the, the fingers. Like, no, no, they wouldn't. They would have had like some cheesy video effect where they would have like cut the fingers. And they just would have like two dimensionally flown over, <laughs> and I was just like, oh god, this is like a. I'm like, <laughs> this is just kind of because they didn't really, yeah, they didn't look 
real and creepy to me. They just look kind of like they look like rub- rubber fingers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the idea of having like a finger stuck in your ear is is yes, that's that's a, a good for them because that's a something tangible that you can be like ew about. But the idea of just you know, like every time you like you know the fingers detached, it was it was kind of yeah weird. But oh, exactly. I, I don't back. mind it. I, I like weird in Doctor Who. I mean, at it's, least at least the guy was kind of creepy. I oh yeah, but I didn't even get why the woman was there because she did nothing. Yeah, they didn't she even did say her name on nothing. screen. I had she to like just, look that up. It was like Rakaya or something. Yeah, I. Yeah, yes. and she's got this this just ridiculous costume on, and she's just kind of standing there with the tear. And you're like, oh man, come on. It would have been better to actually just have him be trapped in the prison and just like maybe projecting himself out of it somehow and tricking the doctor into freeing him. Mm, She was just totally unnecessary. Like some kind of Doctor Strange projection or something like that. Right. So, yeah, I could have easily seen that. And it was because it was weird because, you know, nothing is supposed to break through the TARDIS and he showed up right in the TARDIS. And it was just like, oh, who is that guy? Cool tattoos on his right. head, but was like, but the who Guardians is that guy? Did too, I guess. So yeah, maybe yeah, they have yeah. like powers over that or something. Yeah, I mean it's all loose, you know. Like they can, they can, like they have. They're all powerful, and yet there's some like there's stuff that you can't do. Like you know, like like it seems like this one guy needs the actual, like the doctor to figure out how to free uh the other one and it's just kind of like why but okay whatever you know like that it's just doctor who and i like it and it's fine um but yeah i don't find i mean he was creepy and intimidating but then we find out that he's just kind of her lackey um and it, it yeah she's not that impressive you're right um but i will say what i really enjoyed about this particularly how it was solved at the end was you know, I've been complaining that they haven't been giving Jody enough, like the, the doctor, enough credit. Sometimes she doesn't seem like the smartest in, one in the room. And in this one, I was like, it's really important that she figure out how to defeat these guys. And she did pretty easily, really. And I thought, thank you, because th- she is she appeared more competent in this story than she has like in a lot of other stories. Exactly. You. It's like the doctor when uh, Graham was like going, Doc, do you have a way to, you know, to get to finish, fix this up? He says, she says, I have hundreds of them going through my head right now. And it's just like, okay, perfect. That's what I wanted to hear, that she was the one who basically took care of them and wiped them out. I loved it. And that was a nice scene where she kind of says, I have. I have hundreds of them in my head, but the choosing the right one, that's a, and I, that was a cool doctor moment. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that was what was awesome and how confident she was when they went back to Syria and, you know, was waiting for them to come back. Yes. Yes. That's what like moments like that are what I want from this show where she, she, once she gets the answer, once she knows how to, she's like, she's cocky, you know, she, she is confident, and uh, I love that. But uh, we don't get at those moments nearly enough. So that was refreshing. It was nice to see that. Mm-hmm. It was her in total control of the scene. And, you know, and she had everyone with her to back her up. It wasn't like the companions, <laughs> go get him, Doc, go get him, you know, you know, something <laughs> like that. Like, and oh, I'm working on it, I'm working on it. She knew exactly what she was doing the whole time. 
And that was pretty damn awesome. And, you know, God, I sound like a freaking cheerleader for the show. Here, I'll bring it down. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Mary. Yay, Mary. Mary's, Mary's tagging in. All right. The, okay, I, I, I like the ideas of, of the dreams. I like, I like the, the, the nightmare sequences, but I don't like how they were handled. Well, I, it, not Yaz. I was fine with Yaz. I actually, I liked Yaz. We got to learn a lot about Yaz's motivations for change. So I really like that. But I thought the other two dream, dreams just got kind of ham-fisted. Like there was, it wasn't necessary for Grace to be in Graham's dream. I think it would have had more impact if they had just focused on his fear of his cancer returning. And for Ryan, we didn't need fire and an elderly T that looked really fake and an elderly Tebow, which was just Tebow with white hair. Um, because his fear that he's leaving everyone behind and letting them down, I mean, that's perfectly legitimate to explore, but you know, show us the poetry behind those fears. Not like, it's not like a TMZ post. I mean, it's just like it hit you over the head. I mean, come on, have some subtlety, have some, some, I hate to say it, grace, but not that kind of grace. Not that grace. Um, (laughs) Have grace, but not that one. You know, I kept flat, I don't know why, but I kept thinking about, I don't know if any of you remember the dream episode on MASH. Oh, God, yes. 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 It was yes. like one of the most beautiful episodes of anything I've ever beautiful seen. Beautiful and creepy. Some of those images. Uh, Completely creepy. Yeah, especially uh, the Hawkeye one. Really, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'll, I'll never forget that. Very affecting. Yeah, to this day, I mean, I find that haunting to think about. Well, and that, that, to me, that's how to handle a dream sequence. Not, no. not, not to hit you over the head with it. No, I agree with you on that. I totally agree with you. I related a lot, though, to the Graham one because of my mom. When she went into remission from cancer, she woke up one night screaming at the top of her lungs that she had dreamt that the doctors were there to take out her, both her lungs because of the cancer. And that it had come back. And so... I saw the fear in her and it helped me relate. Yeah, to I definitely, I definitely understood her. Graham's dream, but I feel like whereas with Yaz, yeah, with Yaz, Ryan's I feel like we actually got some yeah. interiority of her character, like what motivations are, but Ryan, yes. I still don't know who he is. Like what are his motivations? What are anything? He misses his friend. That's about all we know, but that's not, I don't, I don't know. That's not enough to, it's not juicy enough. It doesn't like, I want to like him. I want to like, I don't dislike him, but I want to have some resonance with that character. And I just, I'm like, what, what was that dream about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could have been anyone's dream. It didn't feel Ryan specific in any way. It was, yeah. I don't know. It was odd. Yeah. In fact, uh, you know, I, I put this, I would put this out there based on what we know of Ryan uh through the show to me his nightmare would be that he can't help like save his his, the team like you know like that to me would be more compelling like if he's in a situation with the doctor and the the rest of the companions and and they're in trouble and he cannot save them um because we've run across that several times already and uh you know he always there's always an out 
because uh, he doesn't really do anything else. He doesn't contribute. So it would have been kind of interesting to see that play out. But yeah, you're right with this, with this, um, it, it only indicates that he's, you know, it only tells me that he's not really set out, cut out for this and he's probably going to leave. Like that's what, that's what I got from his. Yeah. Because race. even with Tebow, uh, like, uh, who was introduced at the beginning of the season, we don't get any of that where he's missing him in the first season. Like he doesn't even come up like, oh, I miss my friend. Right. I miss home. Mm-hmm. I miss whatever. It sounded like when he set off with the doctor, he didn't have any ties back home. So he was just getting out there. And I understand that you can change that, you know, going forward, but I don't know. It just didn't feel earned. I don't know. I mean, I really loved his relationship with Tebow. And I even said online, it's so rare to see like uh, affection and vulnerability between two black men on television. And that was awesome. And I love that whole relationship, but it just felt like it came out of nowhere. I was like, where, where was that? You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. It did come out of nowhere. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's, I think, I feel like that's been a problem through the whole series. Well, both series is that there's no through line for the characters. They're not, they're not developing in an organic way. You just get these sort of little bits and pieces if we get anything at all. And it's just, it. so it's very hard for us to to empathize with them and get to know them and, and really feel something for them. No, agreed. And, you know, it shouldn't be our job to have to piece these people's lives together. This is why we're watching the show, for them to have the writers or the producers or the showrunners do it for us. It shouldn't be, you know, oh, this goes with this and this, you know, in us, oh, that this explains Yaz's, you know, what, why she did this. This explains why she wanted to become a police officer. This is why, you know, and it shouldn't be our way of doing it. It should be better storytelling. Yeah, I mean, at this writing. point, I feel like we know more about the yeah. guest people that come on each week than we do about the the companions. <laughs> and that's one thing about one or two episodes into their first season, but we're like almost toward the end of their second. And I don't know. I still am like, who are these people? <laughs> No, that's very true. That's very, very true. If any of them were to leave or die or whatever, I don't, don't care. Think I'd care. Yeah, I wouldn't care. No, I'm caring more and more for Yaz this season than I ever thought Me I too. would last season. Yeah, I will say they have done they have done more to develop Yaz. I'm yeah, still not completely. sure they've done enough, but they have done more. But Ryan's just sort of twisting in the wind. <laughs> you know, they just don't give him any 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 anything behind his character for yeah, us I was to latch on to. I was listening to another podcast and they're talking about like how most of his interactions are him snarking at Graham, but they don't even set that up. They don't say like mm-hmm. why is he suddenly kind of hate Graham? <laughs> like they just like they just have this sort of adversarial kind of nitpicky relationship and it's like what what went down there? We could explore that, but they don't. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, they haven't touched at all, literally at all this whole season, about the relationship between Graham and Ryan 
I mean, all. they've really done anything with yeah. the relationship between the doctor and the companions. Like, I, I really, as an aside, like, I don't get why they're like, we know you so well and we, we're so close to you. And I'm like, what? Like, you don't know each other. What are you talking about? Like, I don't understand it. Yeah, I, Nicole, I even, and recently I've even said, you know, when they, a couple of weeks ago, when they said, uh, you know, don't worry, Doc, we got your back. You can trust us. And I'm like, really? Because I wouldn't trust you guys. Because we anyone. barely know you. Yeah, I wouldn't trust you guys <laughs> with making toast. Um, <laughs> so, like, I I just, yeah. Do, do you uh, think that, part of that is just because there's too many companions? Well, as yes and no. Um, I think there's a way that you can take those companions and have compelling stories, but they're I mean, the, the the problem comes with the writing and the show running. They they opted to have three companions. They they must have known the challenges of having three companions, and yet they seem to have gone out of their way to not like understand that at all. Um, and it almost seems like I mean I hate to say it, but it almost seems like Ryan was something that was thrust on them. It's like you got to have Ryan on there. So they're like, okay, and they just don't do anything with him because they're like, well, we didn't want him anyway. So we don't really know what to do with him. Um, and, you know, we complained last year that Graham got a lot of attention because Bradley Walsh is an amazingly charming actor and personality. So, of course, they're going to write for him. Um, and that was frustrating because he was getting a lot of great moments, even more so in some, time, in some episodes than The Doctor. Um, and they've, they've, they've backed off that a lot this season. So I give them credit for that, but you know, there's, I, I can't say that either of these are going to make like a top list of my favorite companions ever. I mean, there's yeah, I just, they, yeah, I think they're definitely they focusing on too much on the guest people coming in. And if we could just have, I don't know, maybe just an episode that just has the three companions and the doctor locked in a room or something i don't know we might like like i know class even did an episode of that or something or you know hash it out like you know fight or something i don't know something juicy i don't know it, it's a fair point i mean basic writing uh for characters is if you're writing something um the exercise is when you create characters if they're in a scene together they should be able to just be in an elevator together and you, you can make that compelling. And if, it, if that doesn't work, if they're not strong enough to be in a scene where they're just together in an elevator, just talking and make that compelling, then you failed. Like they're not interesting characters. So to your point, Nicole, like if you lock them in an elevator or in the TARDIS, um, like that should be interesting. But I would imagine that show would be very boring. Especially, I don't want to see that too because I don't like the way the, the TARDIS looks. <laughs> yeah. The less we see of it, the better. It has as we scary like. fingers too. Uh, man, that center column. I'm sorry, that center column looks just too phallic. I'm just like, this has got to go. Like this, I can't. I can't believe this was ever. Maybe approved. we'll get Grace's, or not Grace, uh, no, Bruce agreed. TARDIS instead. That will be good. Just switch out to that. Oh, yes. wasn't that such a refreshing? I'm like, oh, yes. someone can design a yes. good-looking TARDIS. And it was—it's it was... the round things, the round things. 
And yeah. it was nice and bright. You could actually see things. It wasn't, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, though, because I've been in the doctor's place when somebody's trying to have a heart-to-heart talk with you. And then, you know, and she goes, I still haven't gotten all the social, you know, I just love that. And she's I'll, I'll, probably in about a minute, I'll think of something that I should have said a minute ago, you know, to you and everything. And instead, I'll go walk over here and pretend I'm busy. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. But I also, the one thing about Jody's doctor is she doesn't seem to have any internal dialogue. All her dialogue is externalized. So she's like, I am walking over to the thing and I am doing this, this, this. And I am, and I'm just like, you don't need to say everything that you do. You know, it just, but on the other hand, I did like that she was giving an insight into this is how I work in these situations. And I'm awkward around emotional stuff. So, you know, it was, it was kind of hit or miss. I'm not really sure how I feel about it. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like that particular scene, but I, me too. There, there's too much, she's given too much exposition. She's often explaining what she's doing. She did it in this episode too. And it's like, just show us, <laughs> you, you don't have to narrate everything. If you have to narrate everything, there's something wrong with your story. Mm-hmm. Well, Exactly. And that's where we're going with it. Okay. So it's very interesting where this went. And did you, you know, we got to see one monster at least in this one. And I thought the monster looked pretty awesome, actually. That's pretty cool. CGI city, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Looked kind of like a mean sloth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very angry sloth. Yeah. A very angry and active sloth. Yes, yes. <laughs> Not very slothy sloth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like run, run, run. Well, we don't have to run really. It's a sloth, like, we yeah. can just we can right. just like stroll away from it. Yes. That would have been funny. <laughs> no, very much so. And that's what's interesting is that, you know, we got the, you know, a monster, but we, you know, thinking that that was it they didn't really explain you know they said it attacked people at the hospital but the only one that survived was the nurse that was she was she created it the nurse created it or the girl from the girl created it oh yeah yeah, Yeah, miriam miriam survived you know i got the impression that there were more people on that ship because the doctor said there was a whole bunch of them in the jacuzzi yeah, that's yeah. right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We just my, didn't yeah. see that. Many. Yeah, yeah my she guess, did. She did rescue at least some of them. Yeah, and she yeah. said there were only about twelve people in the hospital, so there might not have been that many people. Right. To do, so. So it's good to know that the TARDIS has a jacuzzi now. That's I guess cool. so. <laughs> that can fit. That can fit roughly twelve Syrians. Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Dude, that just sounds like some summer breaks that I've been on in the past. <laughs> 12 Syrians, Tebow, and uh, I think that's it, right? And a gorilla thing. Gotcha. That's very true. The doc- the gorilla thing was there too. So, hey. So, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, you know, would I watch this one again? Probably. Um, I... I enjoyed it that much and it you know i'd liked the backstory how they described about how the two planets and you know they were manip the eternals were manipulating them to fight and everything because that's how the unknown named woman got her you know absorbed their anger or whatever their horror from their dreams and everything and i 
I enjoyed that part. And did you, it, did you like the way they did it as an animated sequence? Yes, I did. I yeah, thought that, I was, thought pretty that awesome. was pretty cool. Yeah, I really yeah. like that too. Exactly. It's better that they did that than, you know, just saying what they did, mm-hmm. you know, and everything. So, you know, and of course, BBC America in all its wisdom put a commercial right before it of and course. then right after it. <laughs> uh, of course. Yeah. That was, that was, that was our, that was your worst nightmare, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> No, dealing with Comcast is my worst nightmare, but that's that's another story on itself. But yeah. well, there was also like what the Jehovah Witnesses or something that came to the door when we watched Day of the Doctor. So it was like people coming to the door during Doctor Who. Was oh, I remember that when you were over <laughs> at our place. Yep, I remember that well. Like, this is not the time to come to the door. No, go away. <laughs> So it's like, yes, I know. I love Jehovah's Witnesses. Yes, my uncle's one. He gives us stuff all the time. Bye. Click. Yeah. So it's always good to get rid of them that way. But yes, so don't interrupt Doctor Who. That's what we like to say. But, you know, it was it was interesting to see. And I do I think, you know, now they did it that's leading into the next week's episode where they meet Mary Shelley and deal with the whole Frankenstein stuff. I mean that that has potential. Um, I'm, I hope they don't mess that one up because that one could be really cool. Um, but in this one, I was I'm trying to remember because I was reading some posts about uh, some people speculating and and the bloggers talking about the whole uh, timeless child thing. Is that in this at all? Yeah. Yes. The, yes. Yes. The doctor has a dream of that okay, it's right? Because yeah. that's because that's her her night kind of nightmarish thing right yes i mean she didn't seem that scared about it but yeah no no yeah i mean the the implication was her her nightmare is she doesn't really know who she is yeah that's see i i think that that i mean if we're talking about companions nightmares and all that kind of stuff i mean it would have been kind of cool to have that scene uh like a scene of the doctor having to face her nightmare i mean uh we kind of get that like that's alluded to in Matt Smith, you know, the door uh, that has the your God nightmares complex. in it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Like it would have been kind of cool if it had been something like that and it could have tied in a little bit better that way. Um, but uh, I mean, obviously they're, they're going, you know, that's, that's the thing this, this season uh, to, for better or for worse. Uh, and the way they're handling it just seems kind of weak. Um, but um Yeah. I just couldn't remember, like I said, I couldn't remember if it was in this one or not. So, because uh, we do get to see, right? The timeless child? Like, yeah, is that the well, first we time see, we, you, we you see get a to child. see it? It's see a child. Kind yeah. of standing there. Right. And I'm, I'm assu- it almost looked like it was a little girl, but you can't be sh- to sh- sure with that. Yeah. And it's the same clip we keep seeing. It just seems to be expanded a little bit. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. You're assuming it's Gallifrey, but it could be you know any art deco looking place so yeah i mean you really don't learn anything no 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 <laughs> i was gonna say you wouldn't you wouldn't know that looking at some of the uh the blog posts it's like we figured it all out and it's like really like yeah, okay so mm-hmm. but of course they have mm. so all right any you know do you want to do any final thoughts on this before we go ahead and rate um, I thought it was, uh, you know, a couple of people have certainly said this, not just me, but I thought it was a really interesting 
story about mental illness and depression. And mm. I really like the thought about how the gods were kind of symbolic of that. And that while they were put away by the doctor, they weren't completely defeated because you can't really make depression and mental illness go away completely, but you can kind of, you know, placate it a little bit. And I did see someone online talked about how the two planets kind of crashing into each other sort of signified the the war with yourself in your head. And I was like, that's pretty good. I like that. So that's kind of the way I'm, Mm -hmm. as far as some of the plot stuff is kind of, uh, you know, I'm kind of clinging on to the mental illness, depression stuff myself. Yeah. And certainly, you know, the stuff with uh, Tebow was, was along those lines as well. I wish they really could have expanded on that too. That would have been, I I, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was kind of alluded to, which was kind of nice, but I don't, yeah, I didn't really think anything was really satisfied. And even with Yaz, I mean, it was sort of implied oh, right. that she might have yeah. even had a suicide attempt. I'm not really sure, but she at least ran away. Yeah, right. yeah that's, I got the feeling more that she was trying to run away just right. from everything. And that's, and the police well, officer was sent out by the sister because she was, you know, to see, you know, was I the sure only one waiting right. for her to come out in that scene? Because I, I totally was. <laughs> I'm still waiting for yes to come out. <laughs> I'm in that. I'm in that boat where she's like secretly queer. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, and that you know, and the the police officer's gay too, and they're just going to talk about being gay and yeah. Hey, that's yeah I don't think I don't think this show is that shy about that sort of thing. So I'm not sure that there's uh yeah. Yeah. anything going on there but who knows who knows i know I, i'm mostly kidding but not entirely <laughs> no you're not no you're not okay i shipped the doctor and yes. I, all right. I know you too are well, you Nicole. shipping the doctor and yes, yes that's I what am. you're doing jasmine okay. all the way <laughs> <laughs> can't help it that is awesome now I, that was some very powerful scenes with the mental illness, especially, you know, I'm glad that Ryan actually made his friend go to yeah. support. Yeah. And, and that was, that was British awesome. People don't really like to go to therapy a lot. Yeah. Which one of no. my friends was joking about that and was like, yeah, Americans are just the opposite. It's like, yeah, I went to therapy today and I, you know, talked about this and that, and, you know, we're just very open about it. <laughs> we don't really care most of the time. Although I will say too, and you know, I don't have an extended, like, you know, real knowledge of this, but it seems at least depicted, it's very rare for, like you were saying, Nicole, about uh, showing uh, uh, black men to be vulnerable. It, you don't see them in therapy very often. You don't see them addressing their uh, internal fears uh, and, and, and depressions that often. Yeah, especially on television, because culturally it's, I mean, it's, it exists, obviously, but it's just not one of those things you see. It's just kind of stereotypes and stuff on television. Yeah, yeah. So that was, that's, that was kind of nice. Um, I wish the, the, it had tied in together more, you know, like maybe instead of uh, the Eternals feeding off their fears and nightmares, it could have been more, it could have been deeper and depression-based, you know, that might've mm-hmm. made it a little bit more uh, tied in a little bit better. And, and uh, it would have been awesome actually, because that would have tied a little bit better to what was happening to some of the characters. Yeah, and even with this. Ryan, because we, we still haven't gotten anything about his grief about losing Grace. Like we've gotten Graham's grief, but we haven't gotten his grief. It's like, where's his grief? So, like, he's probably stuffing it down. So, like, 
his depression and then Yaz's, you know, issues and Graham's fears. Like you could have really played that out pretty well. Yeah, it's not like there's not stuff there, but it just was handled in, I don't want to say superficial way, but kind of a clunky way. And I wish, I wish they had, I, I, like some, I'm sorry, I think it was Mike who said, I wish they had just gone deeper because it mm. felt, it felt just yeah. kind of surface. Yep, agreed. I agree with that. And I, and... you know, again, blame it on the writing. Because I think when you get to those individual scenes, the actors are really doing everything they can to to convey those kind of emotions, and that that those, some of those scenes are really well done between the characters and the actors. But overall, it's kind of not enough. Yeah, I actually think they could have cut out the serious scenes. Yeah, I don't and, really... And use that time <laughs> to explore the companions more. I don't know yeah. why they... Like, I, I thought the, the actress was adorable, and I've been putting her songs on my on my Facebook wall, but I I don't know what the point of her really was, except to control the creature at the end. I, I don't really know. And I hate to say that, what was the point of her? But there really wasn't much of a point. well well we've talked about it before they're some you know they feel like they have to shoehorn a monster in mm-hmm. you know if mm-hmm. this had been just about you know uh the doctor and companions dealing with uh depressive thoughts that kind of thing then you know i that's a hard sell you know they're like no no you need to have a monster for the kids you know so yeah, sort of like Vincent and the Doctor, where they had right. Yes, right. yes, exactly. Yes. No, that's that's actually yeah, a very good point. Yeah, the perfect example. Yep. Yep. Exactly. It's Doctor Who. There has to be a monster. At least they're not in rubber suits anymore. I don't know. So the finger guy was kind of monstery. Like, <laughs> it me out. Like, as corny as it looked, I was like, ah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the, I would have argued that that he was the monster, and so. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't need CGI well, exactly. sloth. No. I mean, not the at sloth all. might have just wanted some cuddles. I mean, who knows? <laughs> like in the jacuzzi, he was like snuggled up with everybody. We don't know. We don't know. He love. We forgive. We forgive you for taking us to the <laughs> finger station. He was. Just, he wasn't okay. a monster. He was just misunderstood. Yeah. And he was trying to hug you. Yeah, he wasn't exactly. trying to claw you. He was just trying to hug. Instead, now what is he now trapped on a little in a little orb with two eternals oh, for the God. rest? Of yeah, the now he's got to spend eternity with those two idiots. Uh, it's like a small space, so they're just all uh, crammed in there. Now, now I feel sorry for the sloth. I know. Oh I do too. Sloth <laughs> <laughs> out of there. <laughs> rescue the sloth. Yeah, that'll be the finale. Is rescuing the sloth. <laughs> the doctor yes. saves the sloth. Thank that, you, that's doctor. the timeless Thank child you. right there. <laughs> We've solved it. We figured it out. Yeah, really. And we just did that in like in an hour. Come on, Chris. You just you just needed yep, me. Exactly, here. Chris. That's <laughs> <laughs> we did. Exactly. So now you're gonna get our judgment, Chris. Let's go ahead and rate this. One out of five TARDISes, one being the worst, five being the best. Nicole, you get to well, go first. Um, 
it's definitely no heaven sent or Vincent and the doctor, but I did find it poignant and compelling for most of the time. And I actually, I think it was probably my favorite 13th doctor story, at least right now. And yeah, but I do, as I think I said earlier, I do wish we would have gotten this for the companions earlier in their run. I feel like it's like a little too late for this, but the mention of the Eternals and the Guardians and the Toymaker, that got me all super excited. And so I think I'm actually, I don't know, I think I'm going to give it a 4.75 out of 5. I'm feeling generous today. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Which is not something I You go, girl. You go. All right. <laughs> And now let's see the other side of the coin, Mr. Mike Gordon. <laughs> I'm not going to go like total opposite from that. Um, you know, I was sitting here trying to think if there's a reason that I should give it a little bit more than a three. Um, there's right. some nice scenes uh, to be sure. Uh, but, um, you know, the the writing and everything. And, and when I think about, you know, if they just had another, uh, you know, I mean, if, if Chibnall co-wrote this, I mean, it's his job to like take what Charlene wrote and like beef it up, not water it down. And I'm not sure if that's exactly what happened, but that's what it feels like happened. So, uh, so I'm going to just give it a solid three. It's not horrible, but it's not amazing. And it's just kind of there. And like you said, Mike, I don't expect, you know, to be like popping this one in and watching it like over and over and over. Nope. Exactly. All right, Mary. I think I'm going to give this a 3.5. And most of that, I'm giving an extra 0.5 because of Yaz. Because I actually really like the scenes with Yaz. I felt we got to know Yaz a little better. And we got to know some of her motivations about becoming a police officer and just about who she is. And it was really nice to finally see something like that. And so, but I I still think this episode was badly in need of script editing. Um, that it, it, there was a, a really good idea there that just needed to be crafted better. So I don't think I can give it more than a 3.5. Okay. Got it. I'm going to give this one. I've been thinking about it. I'm going to do a solid four. I enjoyed it enough that, you know, it was entertaining and I watched part of it last night, then finished it earlier today and then i watched it a second time right before we went on the air so i just want just to make sure i missed if i missed anything or such and it was enjoyable and that's actually more when i caught the eternal and the toy maker line the second time around you know because you know delso it was interesting to do to be able to see that and i had more of the timing that i was able to fast forward quicker through the commercials which was even better for that so it helped and i do like it um a couple people who i'd been talking to said you know the flying fingers looked a little too phallic for them at points and it was just like yeah i I saw that also a couple times but you know it was for me it was more just the nightmare you know getting a wet willy from my sister when i was little so it was just like yeah no i couldn't deal with that and you know when the doctor was like rescuing everyone and she's pulling the ear the finger out of their ear and everything and throwing it on the ground and everything it was just like ah, ah, it was just like but we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home what did you guys think did you enjoy it did you not please write us at 
who at esonetwork.com. We definitely would love to hear from you. Okay, with that wrapping up, we are going to be back again next week. And yet, folks, like they had shown at the end of this episode, they're going to... The Villa Diodati. Exactly. I'm she so said excited. it for me. She said it for me. So thank you, Nicole. I appreciate you being here tonight. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me again. It's always great to have you. So we'll see you in another year and a half or so. <laughs> I I'm at least going to be at Con K. So if you're there, you'll see me there. So. Oh, we are definitely going to be back there. We've uh, made our hotel reservations. We're completely set. And awesome. we're going to be interviewing a couple people on Sunday. Yay. So, and I, these people, at least I won't mess up their names. So it's perfect. <laughs> so so it'll be, it'll be very cool. And, you know, Nicole, how can people find you? Um, again, you can find me at terminus.libson.com or again, over at the ESO network page. Excellent. And can't wait to see what your next couple episodes are going to be like. Yeah. <laughs> Almost done. So close. Almost done. So close, <laughs> oh but yet so far. That is awesome though. And you know, you're getting a lot more consistent. We love it. Yay. It's awesome. Yay. Yay. Do, do a Kermit frail. Ah. Exactly. So it's pretty cool. And of course, let's thank our regulars. Mary, always oh, great. Thank you so you. much. It's always great to talk to you guys. I really enjoy it. And Mr. Mike. As always, it's my pleasure. I'm wondering if I should put a uh, excellent uh, a poll on our um on our uh, Facebook page to see like who that people feel is has the doctor with the best hair. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome. probably like a no contest, really. Although I'm looking at some of the others and I'm like, well, you know, Peter's got some nice hair, um, but do you count Hartnell? Because wasn't that a wig? Was I don't know with Peter? Is like not their real hair? Oh right, no. yeah. Do you count like fake hair? Yeah, no. Yeah. Huh. And I think Peter Davison's hair is dyed. Uh, well, actually, so is Jody's. So yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because she's not a natural blonde. Come on. No, no. <laughs> yeah, so there's not probably no, not really the... much of a competition. So because traditionally yeah. the doctors don't. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. They have some amazing hair. Uh, but as far as like nice hair, I don't. You think you could call it nice? Like. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point to put it. I think you should. Look for the, the <laughs> poll up on the Facebook page, folks. Mike Gordon will be putting it up there this evening as of the recording time. Always getting important content from the ESW. <laughs> exactly. ESW, we talk about what's really important. We have our priorities straight. <laughs> we do. Damn straight. Damn straight. So, folks, it's been great talking to you guys. We will see you all next time here on Earth Station Who. Peace. And we are done. Boom. Yay. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes.
where comedy and commentary collide. Thunder Talk brings a unique variety show style twist to the fandom podcast genre. We drop music from some of today's hottest up-and-coming artists. We discuss topics, social and political relevance, and deliver our sideways take on the world at large. If stand-up comedy, NPR, the Millennium Falcon, and classic MTV had a baby, it would be Thunder Talk. Thunder Talk is part of the ESO Network. Find us at thundertalk.org and on all podcasting platforms. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.